verses in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13, and, and, and I'll pray and we'll get into our study this morning. So here's what Peter says. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And so God, we just thank you for this time, Jesus uh, we just praise you, God. We, we love you, Lord. And I pray now that you would speak to us. Lord, we need a word from you this morning. God, we need to hear from you. And so I pray that you would give us those words, Jesus. And God, I pray that you would empower me, Lord, to speak your words to your people this morning. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, this morning, as we look at this text... Right? I mean, I really think it's just perfect timing because it, you know, last week we were in Romans chapter 12 and I took kind of a little, a little, uh, um, I don't know, a little detour in the book of Romans. But I think it's like perfect timing because now really Peter has a response to that. As we seek to mourn with those who mourn, right? Or basically, you know, in layman's turn, right? To be sad with those who are sad, you know, to grieve with those who are grieving. And then at times to rejoice with those who are rejoicing, right? Now, there is an opportunity for us as the church, and the title of the message this morning is Doing Good in the Face of Evil. Because once again, we need to re be reminded that the opposition that we're facing and, and the, the things that we're going through, the heartache, the tension, uh, the, the mudslinging, if you will, all those things, people, our neighbors, they're not the enemy. We are in the middle of facing great evil. And evil, not in the sense of, okay, this political party, they're evil, they're wicked. The reality is, the Bible says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And so as I think about this, really in light of what's going on, I think it has to ask the question for us as individuals, you know, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus right now in this time frame and in this place and in this culture that we're in? Because I'm sure like many of you... Uh, you know, the time that we're living in is different. I've never experienced anything like this before at all in my time frame. I mean, the closest, as far as like the climate of our culture, the tension, the closest that I could think of, if you look a little bit of history, is maybe during the, the end or towards the end of the Vietnam War, where there was just a lot of tension and political unrest and, and all these kinds of things that people are facing. But again, it makes us ask us as questions, and, and especially as all of these things are really the, the, the high topic of a lot of our conversations that we're having right now. Especially as we look at, you know, this new normal that doesn't feel normal at all right now. It doesn't. But it does have us come to a place and, and, and really think fully about what it means to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus in this time, especially, and this is where we can get in trouble a lot, especially in, re in regards to our demeanor, our attitude, our speech, our response, our actions. I mean, it really does ask us, how do we respond? 
One of the verses that, that, that have really has just kept going over and over my mind during this time is that last verse in Romans that, that we studied last week, Romans 12, verse 21, where it says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's the call, to overcome evil with good. And here, as we are faced with this question or this phrase, right, doing good in the face of evil, what does that look like? Especially when it comes to the cause of Christ. Right? Because if you're honest, and myself included at times, we can be very vocal, especially right now on social media and even maybe in our groups, in our friend groups, very vocal about a lot of causes. And some of those are good causes, but they're not the cause of Christ. And sadly, what happens is that we're putting up more walls and we begin distancing people that should be the very object of our affections and really our mission when we think of the mission of Christ, of what Jesus was all about during this time, right? The mission of Christ. And so doing the good that demonstrates Christ, seeking to do good in the face of evil, the reality is right now in this time, in this place, it's going to cost a little bit, isn't it? It's, it's, it's going to cost, especially in the face of these kinds of situations. And so this morning, I, wanna, I have four things just to kind of mow over to, to, to give you this morning that I think, what would I, I pray, help you answer that question, what does a follower of Jesus look like today? Well, the first thing we're going to look at is what is the worst that can happen? When we, see, when we seek to do good in the face of evil, what's the worst that can happen? The second thing that we're called to is to be ready to talk, ready to speak. And you'll see that in the verse here in a second. And the third thing is to do good and, yes, sometimes suffer well. To do good and sometimes suffer well. And then lastly, just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. So let's look at that first one. It comes, it starts in verse 13. What's the worst that could happen, right? Peter says, and who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Now, we remember the context because we've been out of Peter for a little bit. Is that Peter was preaching these things to Christians who were facing some heavy persecution. Heavy persecution right now. We're probably not facing a lot of real persecution. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think things might change a little bit for sure. But most of what we face right now is being uncomfortable, right? Being uneasy, being awkward at times, maybe even socially shunned even at times. But Peter was writing to some guys who were, were in harm's way even in that moment. I mean, there's some regards, it can almost sound a little bit trite, right? Because really what Peter is saying, in like kind of in this rhetorical format, is who could really bring you harm? Who could, who could really physically uh, uh, hurt you? And, and some of us are like, well, a lot of people can hurt us. But Peter is saying this to guys who are literally, remember, being burned at the stake, being, being persecuted, being lit on fire for their faith in Jesus. That was the persecution that these guys were facing. And yet, there was a bigger picture at stake. And it was true for them, and I believe it's true for us today, that there is a bigger picture that's what here, right? And part of that is having that eternal perspective. 
So many times we, we dig our heels into planet Earth as though this is it. This is all that we have in front of us. This is our home. Man, I, I love it. and It's something that often I go back to. Um, it's part of a lyric of Rich Mullins' song, right? If I weep, let me weep as though a man who is longing for his home. Right? And the idea is that if I weep, let it be because, man, the wickedness and the heartbreak that I see has me, not torn me, not has pushed me down, not has given me in, in a place or put me in a place of being hopeless, but just a sense of longing of longing for eternity, longing for the time when we will see Jesus face to face so that as I think about that, it changes the perspective that I have right now. Because like Peter said, I mean, what, what's the worst that can happen? Psalm 27.1 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength of my light. And what can I be afraid? Or even Jesus says it even more intensely, right? In Matthew 10, 28, he says, Don't fear those who can kill the body, but fear him who could kill both body and soul. In other words, all these things that happen to us, they're so temporary. Um, I was Yesterday, I was just kind of preparing and going this, and I was thinking about my son Gabe, um, there he is right there, Gabriel. Gabe, how's it going, buddy? Okay, good. Um, he has been, of late, been more and more obsessed with the moon, which I think a lot of us, right? I mean, if you, I mean, I spent a lot of time as a kid staring up at the moon because, right, we used to think, maybe some of you used to think that the moon was made of cheese. Who thought that? We all, okay, it's like, jeez, give me pizza. I'm going to go to the moon, right, and, and take it and stuff, you know. And so he's been fascinated. We got this cool little moonlight in our bedroom and whatnot. And I was sitting there thinking about this. And what made me think is that we, we're going to sing this song here in a second. Um, and it has this line in it that I just thought, wow, talk about eternal perspective. So this is Q, Brian. What's that, 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 yeah. li- that li- lyric right there? You can take your mask just for real quick so we can I'm hear like, you. <laughs> yes, yes, because I don't want to. I want to want to mess this up. So this is very. This is our service, the second service. Okay, so we're very interactive here. Oh yes, this is good. Where is it? Oh, oh, I love it. Okay, so it's from Citizens of Saint. Right here. Take, listen to this. We will outshine. This is talking about believers. The title of the song is called Heaven. Right. So this is like the perspective of believers. Right. We will outshine the sunrise. We will outlast the moon. Glorified in your love light forever is all for you. But just that line right there. We will outshine the sunrise and we will outlast the moon. The moon is here for what? It's to give us light at nighttime. But when we are face to face with Jesus, who from him, like all the light and the glory of the Lord is shine, what is then the purpose of the moon anymore? It's not God himself will be our light. And so when you think of it from that perspective, we will, we will outlast the moon. It means that we're a part of something that's so much more bigger than what we see right now. And yeah, I'm not knocking that we suffer and that we go through stuff. I mean, we see it all the time, right? It's currently right now the temperature in our country grieves us. Right? But again, we're reminded that yes, people are doing some really, 
I got to be careful. Really dumb things right now. Really dumb things. But people in and of themselves, they're not the enemy. They're the object of God's grace. And even though we've seen great suffering, and yes, at the hands of other men, we see great pain, but we're once again called, just like Peter is saying here, and who is he who will harm you? If you become followers of good, there's, there's like this call, this call to do good in the face of evil. Because really, when we're doing good, and again, don't mistake this. I know in some cases, we can respond to God by, by doing a bunch of good things. If I do a bunch of good works and good you know, I just, I get into, you know, you know donating to the poor and, and the afflicted and so forth. And, and I start getting involved in, in, in philanthropy and so forth. You know, somehow that makes me, you know, maybe more one with God, if you will. No, the reality here of, of doing good is in the sense of, of who God is. Of knowing who God is and knowing who Jesus is. And then from that platform, going and willing to do good because of who Jesus is because really ultimately what harm can really come to us what, what's the worst that it could really get and so right now you know it, it, as I think about this there's a lot of ways that we could respond to the temperature in our community many people are becoming maybe social activists Maybe people are getting involved in, in, the, in these different groups and parties and so forth. And, and maybe some are just chasing down one YouTube video after another. You know, and going this way like, oh, the, the sky's going to fall. Look, somehow the coronavirus is attached to the 5G network that's going to affect the moon. And then the moon's going to come crashing down on us and it's all over. And we can get into all these rabbit trials. But instead, I think during this time, there's a call for us. It's like, God, in the face of evil, what good? What, what good could we as the church do in the face of evil? Because in the end, even if there's a backlash against doing good, what's the worst that could happen to us? What's the worst that could happen to us? Maybe it's a call for some this morning. Even in the middle of your circumstance. Maybe it's not the coronavirus. Maybe it's not the tragedy and the effects of what's going on with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and all these other things. Maybe it's like, dude, I don't even care about all those things right now because my life right now is falling apart. But then right now in the middle of this, man, I just, maybe it's just a word for you of just like, let's look to God's eternal perspective. Know that, that you're not alone. And know that, that the good you, the, that you do right now, it's not in vain. It's not in vain. The Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season, and you will reap a reward. I wish I myself could somehow bring you that comfort, but really the reality is, and you'll see here as Peter goes on, that comfort can only come from Jesus the only, com the only way to combat the evil that's going on is to expose who Jesus is. Well, look at the second one. Because this is what we're looking for. Be ready to talk. Look what he says next in verse 15. Right? 
He says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Man, to, to be ready to talk. Right here, as I, as I think about, you know, this section here, really the call is, you know, it's like, okay, let's go do something. I think Peter tells us first, he goes, before you go and just do something, before you go and just say something, first is an opportunity really to sanctify the Lord in your hearts. Really, the idea here is that you're, you're pressing in to who Jesus is. I mean, that's where it starts. It's, it's always the, the basic, when I think of like Christianity and following God by faith and all these things, you know, sometimes we can overcomplicate it. But many times and in often times where I find my most comfort or where, where it be, things begin to make the most sense is when I just go back to the simplicity man, of just sitting at the feet of Jesus and soaking in who Jesus is. I mean, I think of that, that one instance. You remember when Jesus was, uh, was having dinner at his favorite family's house, right? Martha, Mary, and Lazarus he was going and, and hanging out. And, and, and like many of us, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, and, and the girls, are, they're freaking out. And, and especially, you know, you, know, you know, Martha comes in and like, Jesus, we have all these things to do. You know, look at Mary. She's just, she's just sitting there doing nothing, so to speak. That was her mindset. And according to Jesus, she actually was doing the best thing, the most important thing. I mean, he even told her, like, no, she, she's doing the better thing right now, right? She was sitting literally at the feet of Jesus, soaking in Jesus. You could say that her action right there was a word picture of what it means to sanctify or to hollow the Lord in your heart, right? Because here, here is... Here is the crux of this matter, right? For us, as followers of Jesus, there's only one cause for us to be a part of. And it's the cause of Jesus. There's only one person, right? There's only room enough for one person at the core of who we are. And it's Jesus. It means there's an opportunity as we seek to sanctify the Lord Jesus in our hearts. That means all these things fall to the wayside, right? The, the pull of, of addiction, the pull of even sometimes our loud mouths. But allowing God to speak through us right at the core of who we are. Because here is a, a truth that Jesus that even spoke in the Gospel of Matthew. For out of the abundance of the heart, man, the mouth speaks. I mean, you see it all the time, right? Kids are, I don't want to say notorious, right? Let's say glorious. They are glorious, right, for speaking what's on their mind. Because it's just in there. It just comes right out. Why is that guy, you know, you know so big? Why is that guy so skinny? Why doesn't he look like you, mom? And you know, all these things that come out. They just say it, even when they're little, right? Like, did you eat the cookie? And then we got big brother, like, you know, and as we get older, as we progress, we learn to hush what's really in there. But at those key times, Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what's in there? What's in there? The way we respond to current situations, the way we respond to, to the heartache, the heartbreak, the tension, really, really, it's coming from what's already in our heart. 
And so then we have to ask the question is, are you in a place of sanctifying, hallowing who Jesus is? Because it's from that place that then Peter says, and from that place, be ready. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have within. Right? The idea is that we're so responding to the face of evil right now with good, really good as I defined earlier, the good of who Jesus is, so that what we're doing is that we're then looking for opportunities, right? To share who Jesus is, but that's not going to happen if we're distracted by all these other causes. If we're distracted even sometimes by our own sinful desires and the things that just pull at our flesh and so forth. The, 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 the perspective is being ready to give a defense or, or a reason for the hope that you have. And the reason. Because, you know, all the things that, that, that we're seeing right now that, um, that we're facing right now, I mean, what does that tell you? It should tell you that people are hurting. People are lost. And when people are hurting and are lost, and, and maybe you've been in that same place too, right? We do and say a lot of dumb things. And sometimes we respond, right? We, have you ever, I mean, you remember that, what it was like to be a kid, right? You know, and, and, and maybe with your pops or your mom and, 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 and they're, they're giving you an opportunity to fess up, to, to, to tell the truth about the crime, and then you have these moments, because I remember in those, in those times of just like, I don't care. And you just say whatever comes to your mouth, and it just seems like you just get worse and worse and worse. And even in that, you're rebelling in your heart, you're still like, I don't care. I'm just going to go this way. I'm just going to keep going with this lie. I'm going to keep going with this thing. And sometimes we see that in our own culture. It's just the stakes are higher. The causes are bigger. But here, and Peter's saying, no. Give reasons for hope in a moment like this. Give a reason to respond with hope. That's why I believe that question is so important. What does the life of a believer look like today and in this culture and in this place? And that response comes with meekness and fear. And that's, that's the way of Jesus. Right? When, it look, when we look at our attitude, demeanor, and speech, the response is tied in with meekness and fear. There, there's a sense of, of gentleness there or a sense of, of, of respecting our fellow man and a reverence for who God is. I mean, I'm finding even, again, through trial and error that I have way more room to speak into people's lives when I come in from a place of just humility and meekness. When we come across with this, well, this is the way it is, and this is how it is, and we basically are just so focused on getting our point across, I'm telling you right now, what it does, rather than build bridges, it definitely builds walls. And the only way to get to hope is through humility, through fear, right? Look at the third thing. Do good and suffer well. Look what he says there next in verse 16. Having a good conscience... Right? That when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good, your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. And there's just this, this, this sense of for us as the followers of Jesus to have a clear conscience, right? To conduct ourselves honorably. 
One of the things that, that really has, has, has just really moved in my heart, you know, especially for us as followers and, and even, even going forward and how we respond even to our own community, is the heart that, that Paul had even to first, in 1 first Timothy chapter 3 to young Timothy. You know, there was a sense that he called Timothy to care about his character and who he is in, in the world. Because look what he says about before, you know, Timothy could be a pastor, before he was placed in a, in a position of leadership. Then one of the last things he tells him there is, moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside or among people who are outside the family of faith, lest he fall into reproach and snare of the devil. Right? People are going to have accusations. People are going to criticize no matter what. And if anything, the call here is if we're going to be accused of anything, if we're going to be accused or criticized of anything, let it be that people really literally have to make up lies about ourselves. That when according to our actions and, and, our, and our character, man, that we have a clear conscience, right? It's really this idea of doing good and, and suffering well. Doing good in the face of of evil. Why? Because look, it's not our cause to win the argument. It's not our call to win, you know, the narrative that's going out there. Why? Because in the end, it's the call of Jesus, right? Peter said it in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, that one day every knee will bow. Every person will confess that Jesus is Lord. One day all these things will come to a head, and it's the cause of Christ to make those judgments, not us, not us. Why? Well, look at the last one in verse 17. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. If we're going to suffer, let it be because we were doing the will of God. In First Peter 2.15, that was the last thing he told us, right? He says, Therefore, this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, right? That by doing good, there's nothing they can do to, to turn that around towards us. It's better to suffer doing good than doing evil. I mean, the worst thing we could do is suffer because we were simply just being obnoxious, right? I remember a friend of mine, uh, his, I, don't, I don't think he would mind, I don't even know if he would be listening, but I remember a long time ago, my friend Eddie was telling me the story of when he was a little kid, you know, he must have been like five or six years old, right? And so there was a group of kids that weren't letting him play with him, you know, they just kept ignoring him, and so he couldn't get their attention. So this was his cause, right? He went and found a bunch of rocks, and he just started chunking them at those group of kids. He just started throwing them, hitting them, right? And those kids got mad, and they came, and they just wailed on him. They just wailed on him, and so there he is. He comes home crying, and, 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 and you know, he's like, Mom, those kids, they beat me up, and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, oh, Eddie, and she's like, you know, giving him a bath. He's a little kid, and getting him all cleaned up. And, and, and she's like, oh, well, what happened? She goes, well, they wouldn't play with me, you know, because I was, so I just threw rocks at them. But all I could think, Mom, was like, you know, blessed are those for, who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Like, no, that's just not how that works. You know, that's just not how that works. If we're going to suffer, let it be that we're suffering because we've decided to align ourselves with Jesus. And if we suffer in the middle of that, if we're blamed falsely, so be it. If we're accused, so be it. If we're criticized, so be it. 
right? Because in the end, right, Paul makes that promise to us as believers, but I think it comes from the heart of Jesus when he says that all things, all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Somehow, some way, I know the present circumstance is hard. I know that, 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 that our personal situations can be difficult. But in a moment right now, I believe it's just, maybe it's just a word of just, man, trust the Lord right now. I know you can't see the end right now. I know it seems difficult. I know in some cases it just seems really cloudy right now. But keep pressing in to do good. To do good in the name of Jesus. Right? The Lord, somehow, some way, He's going to work it out. I don't know how. I don't know when. But it's a promise that He's made. Because here's the deal. When we look at that, when we suffer in those ways, man, we're just like Jesus. Right? We can follow in that path, right? Because we have one who went that same path. We have one who suffered for doing good. We have Jesus who was willing to lay down his rights, who was willing to be accused, who was willing to be mocked, who was willing to be spat at because he knew that the suffering that he was going through right now, man, would turn into a far greater weight of glory. And in some cases, and this, this to me blows me away, right? When, when, when Jesus thinks about us, it says that for the joy set before him, he endured death, even the death of the cross. When I think of that joy, man, that joy of being with us and being in fellowship with us, that it pleased God to bruise his son so that we might have relationship with him, that we might have the blessing that, look, there's an eternal perspective and the best truly is still yet to come and so what is our call right now, man, is to do good even in the face of evil, even when it doesn't make sense because we have one who did the same for us on behalf of us, for you and for me, Jesus the Son who suffered. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, Jesus. Lord, I, I thank you so much for these